everyone. You are with the ESOP guy. We are on a journey to an ESOP. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are doing this podcast to really help folks think about and consider the employee stock ownership plan as a possible solution for what they're going to do either with their business right now when it comes to exit planning or succession planning, or even using the ESOP as a growth strategy. So thanks for joining us. If it's your first time, please go to our website at journeytoanesop.com for all of our episodes. We are going, we're approaching really the end of the year and the end of season two, which is blowing my mind because the whole year has gone by so fast. So much is going on in the ESOP community and I'm just excited to continue on with, with things I hope will help you when you're thinking about an ESOP. Today, what gets measured gets managed, written by Peter Drucker, if you're familiar with, with that guy. He's a business book writer long, from long ago, big business consultant. Um, but the idea of what gets measured gets done. Um, what gets measured can be leveraged, provide strength to the organization, given it's repeatable and predictable. So what I'm gonna, what we're going to talk today about in the ESOP world, as we think about our businesses, is how and how are we going to measure the things that we need to measure and looking at this concept of key performance indicators. So anyway, I really appreciate you, you tuning in today. And if you um, are contemplating your succession and exit plan, then you're definitely in the right place because I think ESOPs are one of the best options going. And if you have, have heard otherwise, do your research, do your homework. It's They're phenomenal. So let's start off with this right now. Welcome to McFarland. This is a farming town. These kids working here are invisible. They come from the fields and they go back to the fields. Mr. White, if we're going to reach him, now's the time. Have a good day. I'm Coach White, the new PE teacher. Diaz, Diaz. Yes. Popular name where you guys come from? What? Is that a popular name where you come from? <laughs> All right, run a lap. Go. McFarlane. Ever heard of it? It's a cool movie. Um, actually, Disney produced the movie. And it's got Kevin Costner in it. And it really is about a, a guy who goes to a town and has never been a cross-country coach before. And he goes there to help... Um, basically teach these kids how to do that and to go cross-country run. And the whole concept behind cross-country running, as you would imagine, is you have to measure what you're doing to figure out what you're doing. So that, so you can kind of tell why I'm using this movie as a great metaphor and a great um, way to open up the concept of the idea of measuring and KPIs and what's on your scorecard. You might have heard your dashboard. What are your critical numbers for success? Um, all those things get thrown around so much. And one of the things I look for when we're talking through the initial steps of an ESOP for a company is, are they in a position to manage, have the company managed in a way that I would say is driven by not people specifically, because well, all companies are just are driven by people, but also processes. And, you know, question mark, is the company overly dependent on the owner? or one or two people in the company? What happens if they have those people that work in, they're so good at what they do? What happens if they had a bad day or a bad month or even a bad year? What happens if they, if they don't show up to the, the company at all? And, and what happens to the company? I would, I'd solely, I solely believe this, that the companies that are able 
to build strong KPIs and use, you know, not every single number in the world in your business is going to matter, but meaningful numbers. I solely believe that that is a very strong area where you see a common thread of success in companies that can, can manage it. So why, why does this matter as we start thinking about the, the podcast? Why should you listen? Well, I think first off, just know this, that this definitely affects your, your business valuation, what your company is worth. Um, if you are not proactively measuring KPIs in your company, and we're going to give examples of a lot of what those are, but if you're not measuring them, um, and you're just seeing like some of the major output numbers, which is profitability or revenue, then you're missing something. And there's definitely areas where you could improve your, your valuation. Um, I believe having good KPIs talking through, you know, a, when we go through the process of doing a site visit and going through the presentation and be able to show a trustee and evaluation firm how the company manages its success is, is much easier. That sets us up to do really great, a great job in negotiations. It gives it, it gives the company a, a depth and a strength to it, which mitigates risk and gives us a better approach to getting a higher valuation. I think KPIs also provide um, a great way to help the company go through if they haven't really done a lot of transition planning or succession planning um, and even continuity planning is to is to help the company know how they're going to succeed in specific areas. And um, I think too culturally, it, it just makes sense culturally when you think about a business that wants to show the company employees rank and file what is what does success look like and break that down with some of these numerical metrics so that the vision of the company is clearly communicated to the entire company and so that in every person in the company knows how they can affect success in their own respective roles so all of those things i think are going to be you know in the outset of this podcast really important to think about all right, so let's let's jump into the the actual podcast. Um, so again, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. If you think you're going to be a good friend to somebody else, well, go ahead and share it with somebody else because they might be thinking about an ESOP, and you know, it might be something that would help help them as well. So, thinking about the movie itself, McFarland, um, it's kind of a cool movie. It pulls you in definitely emotionally to the idea behind um, kids that really are down and out and that don't have a good good role models and they're they work really hard and this guy it was kind of interesting movie where this guy kind of comes into this town um, as kind of a last resort in his career and what he finds is just the meaningfulness of helping others and eventually they end up becoming a championship team kind of a similar story with a lot of sports movies and then he has a decision to make whether he stays there or not and it's and it's just really honestly a real good um movie but it does make me think constantly as i watch it um how much how much numbers are so important when you're in any kind of sports and especially when you're doing any kind of running and you have to figure out what your time is and you're constantly looking at how do i shave another half a minute how do i shave you know another 10 seconds off my time and so regular measurement and reporting keeps everybody focused on what they're trying to achieve and gives very clear goals to everybody involved. 
Now let's start off with, with this. When you start thinking about KPIs, um, and sometimes people are like, what is a KPI? KPI is a key performance indicator. And I like to start off with like the difference between a KPI and an activity measure because the KPIs um, are some things that, that could be measured in the output or the result of other things that are not necessarily giving you information on what activity was performed to do that. So let's just say we're, we're going to focus in on um, the sales aspect of, of things or basically of sales and marketing. And on a results-based KPIs, what we would be thinking about is, um, of course, what new sales we got. So are we going to get number of new customers and how many customers did we, did we want to get? So maybe that in a typical business, we're measuring not only the new customers, but maybe the average size of the customer's um, purchase price. Maybe if you're a contractor, what's your average job size or what's your average, um, you know, sale? If it's a retail company, how many, um, how much was that each of those sales or, or those kind of things. So those are all what I would say are, are good KPIs, but they're what they're doing is they're measuring the output of other things that have happened that have gone into activities. And so the one thing I think is important when you start thinking about building good KPIs in your company is you want to think about what those should be. And let me, let me just kind of go from, you know, an over, overarching kind of concept. So at the very beginning of the process, what I would, what I do is I start thinking, what is my desired outcome? Just in general, like, you know, of course we all want to grow our revenue, um, but being specific to that growth, we want to know, I want to grow my revenue by, you know, a million dollars next year. Okay. That's my desired outcome. As I bring it back to the KPI, I'm going to know that I'm going to, in order to have a million dollars of new revenue, I'm, I'm going to break it down, for example, to be, um, I need to have, you know, say 10 new customers at $100,000. It's kind of simple, right? So that's my KPI. I'm gonna, I want to measure the number of new customers and now I know the average size. But what, what has that helped me at all in building out a scorecard or an activities based measurement or metrics that help me then to, Give my team, say in this case I'm managing a sales group, the specifics of what they should be um, doing on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. Because measuring something like I just talked about, a million dollars of, of revenue growth, is an annualized type of thing. And you could even split that up into quarters and say we need, you know, if we need 10 new customers at $100,000, we could break that into, you know, you know, quarters or based on our seasonality or whatever it is. Um, so all that is helpful to set some good goals. They're measurable. They're smart. They're timely. You have all of the essence of that. But what we've got to do now is bring it back to, you know, the team that we have. And now this is, this is, you know, as I start thinking about the activity metrics, this is very, you know, specific to the skill set of the team. And so it may be that, um, we look at, what what you have in terms of of who's doing what and maybe your company isn't skilled at doing cold calling for instance and that's not something we we even want to care about so these are just ideas that you want to take around like okay what is it that we're actually doing that's effectively working and and then take that and look at the activity metrics around the effectiveness of those things and then now build metrics around that as opposed to 
let me come up with 10 things on an activity-based metric that people need to do and then create all these numbers that are meaningless. So all I want to do is focus in on what really does work. So f- to affect that, I might start thinking, okay, well, we do, we do have to have some phone calls. I know companies that have, have, you know, maybe never done any, any cold calling in, in their businesses. And if they did, maybe that would lead to some things. So we might have an activity metric that is in some ways experimental too. So it's not always, let's just focus on the effective ones. It's also, let's try some new things. What I like about activity based metrics is they give you a sense of, of, of how much effort is going into an activity and helps you to, to determine um, where you're spending your time and how much time you should be um, putting forth for each thing. So maybe for the company, in, the, in this case, we have number of cold calls on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. So that's pretty easy um, to manage. It's pretty easy to um, sit down and have a have a um, a weekly meeting and follow up. Hey, how many calls did you have last week? Maybe the second one is a number of emails, just like phone calls. How many emails, you know, were sent out? And now some, some people send out emails that are mass emails. Um, others send out personalized emails. Um, so the combination of phone calls and emails might be something that you would track from an activity based metric. Um, maybe the, a number of actual appointments and the meetings that were, were conducted in a weekly, monthly based you know, scenario. So I had this many meetings with this many prospective clients and, um, or I'm doing that with customers or however that works. So how much of that was being done? And so I think you get the idea that it's connecting itself. So at the end of it, uh, my activity metrics, my activities that are being tracked are going to relate themselves back to my overall output KPIs. And in this case, all we're doing is talking about sales. And I, and I think I want to say this as we talk about this, that this can be done throughout the entire organization, whether it be production, sales and marketing, finance, um, you know, any kind of like operational work, um, even HR, anything can be broken down into KPIs and activity-based metrics. And I think that's, um, hopefully a good takeaway if you're not doing this already to be thinking about um, how that might really play out. So that brings us to how to build the key performance indicators and activity metrics in our company. So we're going to get into that right after this part of the movie trailer, McFarlane. Danny Diaz? Hey, we needed seven. Yeah, seven runners, not six runners. And Danny Diaz? Hey, you're our anchor, Danny, and not because you're fat. You are a little fat, okay? So we better lose some weight. Let's go. Just try and remember, lowest score wins. Fleck off. We don't got a country club. We don't even got a game work. Didn't know McFarland had a team. So poor Danny Diaz. Um, Kevin Costner calls him fat there. So um, the point is, is they start to um, think about their team. And they've got six guys and they have seven is Danny Diaz. And he's like, hey, you know, you are a little fat. And um, I feel bad about that. But the point of that is that he's creating, he's looking at the strategy of how this team's going to be successful. And that's really the first place we're going to start when we start thinking about our KPIs and creating these is that you should always start 
with strategy. Now, this is something that you should know in my strengths finder. I'm like um, my top five strengths. One of those is strategy. I love business strategy. I love thinking and talking about strategy. Um, even though it may be overdone at, uh, at some times when we think about strategic planning, it is still um, really important to think about why. And I'm going. I'm going about a certain way um, in order to accomplish something. And instead of just kind of moving headlong, I know we need to get KPI, so let's just do them. So I want you to start thinking in the, this very first step of how do I employ strategy into the concept of creating my KPIs. Now. When we think about um, it, a strategy for a KPI, what I would just kind of say is is thinking about the de- the definition of those objectives that you have within each of the business units. So um, I, I kind of mentioned this before. When I'm thinking strategically, I try to do what um, the Covey guy says, like start with the end in mind. And what do I want this to look like at the end of the day? And then also one of the things I do when I, when I create business strategy is I'll analyze the things that have worked in the past. Like, for instance, how have we gotten new customers in the past? You know, where did our new customers come from? Well, they came from this area. They came from that area. And, and then you start saying, well, why did that customer choose us in that? And so if you really break open the, like, take each one of those as a case study, for instance, and you start looking and evaluating, some of the decisions that the customers have made, then I think that can help you now develop a strategy like this. Hey, if it's worked this way and the other ways we've looked at the different case studies, this is the theme and the, and the, the common thread. Let's start concentrating on what, how that worked and let's start doing it better. So that's one way to take a, an approach at strategy. The second thing you're going to want to do is define the questions you need to answer, you know, in terms of the KPI. So um, in the case where we're um, wanting to say, I want to become more profitable um, in our business unit that we have. And I want to look at segments of profitability. Um, where are we most profitable in terms of how we deliver it? And so um, so that's why when you think about it, um, asking the question in terms of, of what you really need to understand. So sometimes if I know I have... Um, say for instance, I have a, a customer who has a lot of, um, procurement in their contracts, which means they're basically buying, um, equipment and they're, they're looking at that equipment that jacks up the amount of revenue they have, but they're really not making as much money on the procurement part of it. They're making way more money on the, the percentage of, um, the labor that they charge on that. And so the KPI there might be, I need to ask the question about where am I making money when it comes to those types of contracts? And and then that will allow me to maybe segregate out the procurement versus the labor and really then build KPIs around that, that question. Because sometimes the a procurement piece can really um, balloon something where you think you're doing a lot and you're really not doing a lot. So something like, for example, like that will help build some some requirements that I need to really now measure profitability um, in these market in these revenue and cost center segments as opposed to just in the total. So those are just an example of how that would work. 
Next thing you'd want to do is you want to identify the, the needs for data. Once, once you know what questions you're trying to answer, you need to define your data needs to establish what KPIs, metrics, or data you're needing or in order to answer those questions. I think this is a difficult phase sometimes because we can kind of get caught up in um, trying to have a hard time or having a hard time assessing data in the peri- in the places that we need it. Um, but I, I would just say be creative and um, make it simple as simple as you possibly can. So you're not, um, you know, creating some software program in order to generate data that might be overkill. And so part of the way I develop a KPI is, or a metric is I'm looking for simple sources of data as opposed to trying to create a KPI around some complex sources of data. So if you can find where your, your data is easily um, retrievable, um, that's very helpful. And so some of that part of looking at the step-by-step process would be now think about that. Now, where is your data coming from? I got financial data from say my bank account, my credit cards. I have data coming in from my billing system and I have data coming in. Just look at all the different sources of data. And sometimes that can generate ideas about where your KPIs should be um, created. So in going through the, the, other part of this is is not only creating the right sources of data, not only creating the right KPIs, but what you really want to do too is you want to understand how much frequency do I need? Do I measure this on a daily basis? Like for instance, if I have, if I'm measuring a collection, um, a company that that we're looking at average days receivables, does it make sense to to look at it every single day? Probably not. Um, and in that aging report, maybe I want to measure certain aspects of that. Um, um, you know, maybe on a weekly or monthly basis to say hey, with certain thresholds that we want to, we want to avoid, um, say, say being over 90 days. So we want to really focus our energy on what are 90 day receivables looking like and making sure that we've, um, really just focused in on. So we're not overwhelmed by the, the frequency and the amount of measurements that we're taking. Um, we might want to just looking at that every every maybe week and saying, all right, the number of receivables over 90 days is 20% of the total revenue or the total receivables. We want the threshold to be something around 18%. So then we have built in some some flags, but we're looking at it, you know, frequent enough to make sure we're on top of it. And I think that's going to be customized around the type of KPI that it is and what you're really measuring. So another aspect of, of the process of creating an, a KPI is assigning ownership of your KPI. So um, really there's two types of ownership. The first is the ownership of the KPI in terms of its meaning and interpretation. So someone really does need to be in charge of looking at the KPI, interpreting its meaning, monitoring how it's changing and deciding what that means for the business. So that's the, that's the, uh, the person who is responsible and hopefully is good at the number side that can that can create something that's reliable and meaningful so that you don't have wrong information going out. The other ownership is going to refer to the data collection. So sometimes you can automate this process, but more often than not, data collection requires some human interaction. So some um, personnel are going to be involved in transferring data from one database to another, um, and that might need to be collected manually. And so those are the, the ownerships of where the data comes from um, to support the KPI. And then the other part of the ownership qu- equation is, is who owns the KPI. 
in an organization. And I get this from a lot of different sources of, of consultancy, but um, specifically out of, say, traction with um, an EOS company is everybody needs to have a number in the company. And so if that is your number, so I'll just go back to the collection number for receivables. That could very well likely be the, the controller's financial controller's position that they're responsible to manage the collection and that KPI that we created of say 90 um, 90 day receivables less than 20% could be their number. So there needs to be ownership at that level too. Like that's your you're responsible for what happens with that number. So I want to make sure as you build the KPIs out, you're all you're also assigning those properly in the organization and they completely understand the sources and the and the the reliability of that data and are accountable ultimately to the management to make sure that they've accomplished and, and meet those um, numbers um, effectively. So that's going to be part of their performance in the company as well. So that then addition to that, I think it's important to be able to build out a, um, a roadmap of all of those numbers so that the whole organization really is, is knowing and understanding what they're responsible for. And again, comes back to the idea that everybody in the company really should have some type of number that they're shooting for. Um, this is where that would come from. You know, and then just being able to kind of incorporate this in a communication plan, I think is really important. One thing I will, I would always try to do is connect the KPIs as best you can to an overall business plan that you have on a one year basis. So how does that work through the whole company in relationship to obviously, I'm just going to keep staying on collections for a second. The more that we stay on top of our collections, then we are not going to have um, as many cash flow issues or we are going to have the cash flow we need to support the different incent, invent, in, investments that we have in a company um, or just meeting our operational cash flow budgets or any of those types of things, specifically with an ESOP company. As you start thinking about this, we have this obligation of, as a leveraged ESOP company going into that next year, once the transaction's over with, to meet what? The debt payments. And so clearly this is nef- definitely going to fit together within our overall business plan. And the primary goal of the business plan for the ESOP is, hey, let's pay off acquisition debt. That's going to be part of our overall business plan. So the KPIs are certainly going to have a legitimate connection to all of those things. And I think the management group, you know, if we go from CEO all the way down throughout the entire management group, that their job is to take and make sure that there's meaning behind those KPIs. And hopefully, you know, as you build out KPIs, you're going to do it with the, the, the um, appropriateness of making sure it's something that is really needing to be measured. Because if it's not needing to be measured, then it's really why are you why are you really doing it? On an ongoing basis, then as you start getting into this, if there if your company doesn't do any KPIs metrics, so this is really um, just very beginning steps for you. You're going to walk into um, the more or less like a an experimental thing. Hey, this is working. This is not working. You're going to need to continue to review that process. If you're mature in this process, if you're going through these steps. Um, on an annual basis or maybe every couple of years, you're going to want to k- kick those around and make sure that they're valid and important and meaningful. So as we go through this, there's a lot to do with KPIs. And I wanted to kind of finish with just the um, idea behind what it might look like for different examples of KPIs. So before we get into all the examples of the KPIs that I wanted to share with you, let's let's go into this real quick. 
This is gonna come down to which runners can handle the pain. Let's hit it again. Mr. White, each hour that my boys train with you, they do not work with me. That's food off our table. No one stays in McFarland unless they have to. There ain't nothing American dream about this place. I'm guessing running's the best thing you've got. Me too. What's going on? I'm guessing running's the best thing you got. Me too. So here's what I wanted to share about that. As we as we think about the examples and we look at closing out this this episode. I did a lot of things in the role of, of managing partner. And I remember going through and saying, that's a great idea and starting something and stopping, starting and stopping. I want to say this as we start thinking about these types of things is do your homework. Don't shortcut the process. Do a really good job of creating the KPIs and communicating those and building those into your business plan and then stick to it. So stick with it. It's really important for your organization from a long-term perspective um, so that you don't confuse everybody and have, you know, a new thing that you're doing every, you know, couple of years or a year or whatever. Hey, we're going to try something new. Um, it's good to try things new, but just stick with it. That's really the message I want to, I want to make sure I got across pretty well. So quickly sales KPIs, some things that you might be tracking already, some things you may not be. There's a million permutations of these uh, different ideas, but hopefully this helps you think about those and jars some things. Number of new contracts or number of new customers signed per period, dollar value of new contracts signed per period, number of engaged qualified leads in a in a sales pipeline, hours of resources spent on sales follow-up, average time of conversion of new customers, the net sales, whether it be dollar or percentage growth. Um, you can look at then financial KPIs being growth and revenue. You could look at net profit margin or gross profit margin. Um, specifically operational cash flow. You could look at account receivables balances. You could look at inventory turnover, inventory balances. You can look at, um, for an ESOP company, for sure, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization, because that's a, a measurement on the valuation side. Customer KPIs might be number of customers retained, percentage of market share, net promoter score, which is super popular now, um, average price per customer, or average revenue per customer. Some operational KPIs might include how much time it takes to fulfill an order, um, how much time it actually takes to get to the market with a product. Um, you could look at employee satisfaction ratings um, on the HR side. You could look at um, your employee turnover on the HR side. Marketing KPIs might be monthly of web, monthly website traffic. You could look at number of qualified leads, conversion rate from a call from a new pers- prospective cl- customer to an existing customer, um, keywords in the top 10 search engine results. You could look at number of blogs published. So there's just a million KPIs. And keep in mind, as we started with the, with the concept between a KPI and an activity measure, um, you want to move into as many activity measures that can help your people um, think about what they're actually doing in numerical form and quantify that. So hopefully that was really helpful for you. I hope it, I hope it was as we start and continue our journey to an ESOP. I pray, I hope that, that you will use this information to help build your valuations and all the things that you need to do to manage your companies well. We're going to, I'm going to sign off. We are moving into, um, the week of Thanksgiving. So I'm super excited about that. 
Um, hope everybody has a wonderful time with their families and enjoys um, Thanksgiving. And with that, I'd just like to say thank you for, for tuning in today. And we'll see you on this, uh, on your next step on this journey to an ESOP. Thank you.